can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, Peter here. Welcome back to Mondays Down Under, where I am joined by someone very special, Shane Snedden from all the way over in Auckland, New Zealand. G'day Shane, how you doing? G'day Peter, how you doing? Living the dream, living the dream. Thank you, that was a beautiful intro, thank you very much for that. (laughs) (coughs) How's your day going, how's your week been? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, It's, it's been pretty full on. Um, as you can imagine, now we're at the uh, peak season. It's uh, we're in summer mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks away from Christmas, so everybody's panicking. Um, the phone's going hot. Emails are flying in. But yep, that's that's always a good sign at the end of the day. It certainly is. Yeah, it's been a uh, hectic week over here. More customers than we can deal with I'm, I'm having to turn a fair few away yes. uh we're booked up till till christmas mm-hmm. uh, do you have much of a break between christmas and new year we're going to work in between um the couple of days in between because we got our regular clients mm. that we need to service their pool but any any major service work any installation work no we're going to shut down that side of the business until the end of the well, until the start of the new year so it'll give us time just to concentrate on the regulars and give us time just to have stat days off as well. Yeah. What we try to do is get all of our Christmas to New Year regulars done before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really happy if they can get their pool sorted out and ready just before yes. Christmas. I've got to say most of our regular customers are monthly service. So uh, that makes a big difference. And then we try to get a bit of a break between Christmas and New Year. And all mm-hmm. I normally do in that period is deal with emergencies. Somebody's pump stopped working. Look, the suppliers are all shut, so we, we can't get spare parts. So, yeah, I'll sell them a new pump. But yep. um, that's that's really about the limit of what we uh, we do then. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Now, I have to say your accent is not what I expected from someone in New Zealand. <laughs> It certainly isn't, is it? No, uh, born and bred in the United Kingdom. It is a beautiful place, but um, I, we do find New Zealand is a little bit quieter than the UK. And uh, the weather is usually a lot better over here as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, uh, we've been over here for just over 10 years now um, in Auckland City. But no, it's, um, it's, it is a beautiful place. And um, it's a perfect place, we think, for raising our little boy over here, um, away from all the hustle and bustle of the UK, at least. So, yeah, Uh, New Zealand's treated us very well so far. And, yeah, we're we're here to stay, basically. Excellent. Mm. Ah, that's, That's fantastic. Yeah. 
So I've got to tell you, today I had, uh, yesterday late, I had a call from my very favourite customer. Now, he's a guy who has more money than God, is in his 80s, nicest guy I'd ever meet. And with Chris, uh, I had to go there to adjust a valve, turn a three-way valve, maybe one-twelfth of a turn. Wow. And I wish all customers were like this. On the way out, he said, let me fix you up for that. Next thing I know, he's got four lobsters that he caught this morning. Crazy. And he says, oh, here, have these. So that's dinner sorted. Towards the door, he said, oh, let me grab you one of these as well. Reaches for his wine uh, collection, pulls out two bottles of red. And then when I got to the truck, he said, oh, I forgot to pay you and gave me 100 bucks." So I'll tell you what, don't you wish all customers were like that? Oh, yes. Yeah, Uh, it's definitely in the Christmas, Christmas spirit, which is good. Oh, he calls me, I jump. I, uh, yeah, but he's got a lot of properties and he yes. just gets me to do all the pool stuff on him. So that's, uh, oh, wow. It's all high end. So that's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the clients you want to keep hold of. Mm, right. You bet. Mm, very good. Yeah. No. So, unfortunately, you I don't have t- too many clients like that myself. No, I don't have too many, just the one, unfortunately. (laughs) But I live in hope. I live in hope. So for me, I know very little about New Zealand. For all the listeners, tell us a bit about Auckland, the the climate, the the state of the pool industry. Mm -hmm. Run us through a bit of that. So at the moment, we're in summertime. Um, We've had a bit of a crappy summer this year. The start of the summer has been pretty wet and miserable. Um, it's still warm, very humid at the moment, which isn't very pleasant to work in. They have given out for better weather coming into Christmas, but we find that Auckland is a city to have four seasons in one day. So it's um, it yeah the weather the weather system is it's it's terrible. You know it's so unpredictable. It, it is quite amusing because a lot of people that I speak to, they can hear that I'm from the UK. Um, and they do say that the first thing that they bring up is the weather. You know, mm-hmm. how bad the weather is over there. It's always raining, et cetera. But I've noticed since living in New Zealand, that I think the weather in Auckland is it's so unpredictable. You know, it, it kind of makes it, you know, it's, it's almost like you just don't know what to expect during the day or during the week, um, at least in the UK, you know, they do give out rain and it's rain. It's constant, you know, for a day, two days, one week, you know what to expect. So, yeah, in, in, in Auckland, you know, you could be wearing a hat one minute and then down to a singlet in the next. Must makes planning jobs really, really difficult. Um, it can do. Yeah, I mean, today... You know, it's it's been overcast today. It's, it's been very humid. Um, when we got home this afternoon, we got home just in the nick of time. There's a massive thunderstorm above the house, you know, hammering down with rain. And not so much now, but this, yeah, then the sun come out for five or ten minutes. It's like you just, yeah, you just really can't keep up with it. Mm. But it, it's, yeah, it is what it is. It's one thing that we can't control is the weather. Mm. So you just you, you live with it. It's warm, which is a good thing. What do you call um, warm? What sort of? 
Uh, yeah, today is about 22, 23 degrees Fahrenheit wines. Fahrenheit, that's uh, 71. 71. Mm-hmm. See, we wouldn't call that warm. <coughs> we call that quite yeah, cool. I'm not from Australia. <laughs> no, no. Oh, parts of Australia get uh, that's considered warm. Right, Tasmania, okay. uh, closer to, to oh, you yeah. folks over there, that have similar. Um, also Christmas Day last year. Sorry? Also much Western Australia. Uh, well, Christmas Day, for example, for us last year was 42.8 degrees. That's about 110 Fahrenheit. Boxing Day was a few, uh, was about a degree Celsius hotter, so slightly, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess a couple of degrees hotter in Fahrenheit. Uh, fortunately, I was 400 kilometres south on the um, south coast of the state, mm-hmm. uh, which meant I could, it's a lot cooler there. I could avoid that that heat. Uh, unfortunately, I had to stay with the in-laws, but uh, such is life. The things you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you noticed anything this season in terms of pool care that's a bit different to, to previous years? Um, um, yeah, it's, this year there seems to be a, a quite a high increase in the phosphate levels that I'm testing for. Um, whatever that reason may be, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but it, it was the same with the, um, the chemical company where I purchased my goods from. They said, exactly the same thing that they've had such a high um, increase in sales and their phosphate remover this year compared to previous years and nobody can really put their finger on it. Yeah, we've seen a steady increase over the last few years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go back 20 years and phosphates weren't even discussed. It was this rare, strange thing that you never dealt with. Mm -hmm. But but now it's, it's very common. It's one of the standard tests we do on a monthly service. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I had a technician out at a job, out at a pool a week ago. I went back yesterday because the customer asked me to look at something. Phosphates had jumped from 44 parts per million, uh, parts per billion, I'm sorry, yep. up to 128 within a week. Wow. So they're not using groundwater to fill their pool. Yes. I... I I have no idea how it got that high that quick. They had a few leaves get into their pool, but nothing mm. extraordinary. No ducks swimming in the pool, none of the normal things you look for. But uh, we've seen a steady increase there. We've also seen a lot more mustard algae this year than ever before. Right, okay. Uh, I would say in the last month I've dealt with mustard algae more times than I did the entire of last season. Oh, wow. So, uh, again, not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, no, and like you, I've spoken with suppliers and other technicians, and I asked one of them, have you seen an increase in mustard algae? And he said, you're funny you say that because it's just everywhere. So that's, that's a very interesting, um, very interesting. Yeah, it is. On. Yeah, something is going on in the background there. Hmm. So that's a very interesting one. Yeah, and that green algae, not so much. Green algae, most new customers that come to us have got green algae. Mm-hmm. A lot yep. of them have looked after the pools themselves. A lot of them have had somebody incompetent looking after their pool. 
Yes. Uh, unfortunately, here there's no requirement for any form of training to be a pool tech. Uh, Joe down the street can go down to the supermarket, buy a tub of Cal Hypo and a pool broom, and say, "Hey, I'm a pool guy." Yes. Uh, I think that should be. I think that should be tra- uh, changed. I think there should be yeah. mandatory training. Uh, the way I see it, it's people when they're kids swimming in pools. We're responsible for their safety and their health. So uh, I, I get to a lot of pools where levels are all over the place, and part of our job is to fix that up. Yes. It's the same in New Zealand, you know, anybody can just go into a pool shop or a hardware store, um, purchase five litres, 20 litres of uh, chlorine, cow hypo. Um, and yeah, they're, they're basically classed as a pool technician then. Yeah. You know? I think, unfortunately, and I hope it never happens, uh, I think, unfortunately, it's going to take a serious injury or somebody dying from a amoebic meningitis or something mm. before that's actually addressed. There's a yeah. lot of opposition to mandatory training, and uh, I won't get into the politics publicly on that. But, um, no, I think it's going to end up in disaster sooner or later. I'm amazed it hasn't really yet. Yes. There's a lot more pools going into the ground now as well. So oh, yeah. since COVID hit, yeah. it is booming here. Mm, yep, yep. Same, exactly the same over here. So there wouldn't be, you know, a week that goes past or every few days it goes past where, where we're located, where there's a, um, a lorry going past on the main road with one or two fiberglass pools on the back. But for listeners who aren't familiar with the UK, a lorry is a truck, a big one, not a pickup (laughs) truck. It's a truck. Apologies. You're right. I'll start talking Australian soon and that'll really confuse them. I think I need to have have a list on the side of the laptop, you know, the conversions. Yeah. uh, The English to American English. Yes. The Celsius to Fahrenheit, the um, yes. uh, uh, the, the proper metric to that, that thing they use over there. Well, I've now offended every American listening, and I'll offend England and New Zealand as well by saying you've moved from one country that can't play rugby to another. So uh, Another one, yes. There we yeah. go. I'm offending the whole planet here, one, one country at a time. To Australia now, just to put the three on there. Sorry? I just need to move to Australia now, just to make, just to make it number three. Number three? What, of the nations that can't play rugby? That's lovely. <laughs> Have you noticed a change in pool designs in New Zealand over recent years? And where I'm going is where I am. If you look back at the 1980s, 5% of pools were fiberglass. Now, 65 to 70% of fiberglass pools going in, uh, with the most of the balance being concrete, 
uh, and a very few vinyl pools. I've also noticed that because residential land plots are getting smaller to prevent or reduce urban sprawl, pools are getting a lot smaller. Are you finding the mm-hmm. same thing somewhere like Auckland? Uh, yes, yep, um, especially in Auckland. I would say that <clears throat> many years ago, uh, people were moving to Auckland to have that, um, you know, that half an acre piece of land, plot of land that they can raise their family up in. Um, as the population grows over here, especially in Auckland, the land's becoming a lot more condensed. There's a lot more townhouses going up, um, which means that the gardens are getting a lot smaller. So that I have noticed that there's a lot of, um, they call them plunge pools over here. Plunge pools, yep. Yep, so they're only, you know, a few metres long by a couple metres wide. Um, they seem to be very popular um, around the city areas itself. Mm. As you kind of spread out further outside of Auckland, they, obviously the, the, uh, the people living out there have a lot more land. Um doesn't mean it, it doesn't really make size an issue on the on you know this this mm. style of land that they have. There seems to be quite a few more container pools going in as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've seen those on the east that. coast of Australia. I'm yes. year twenty one in the wild here in WA. So I'm um, I've seen them over there, but I'd be mm. uh, curious to see how that market develops. Yes, yep. Um, I was speaking to a guy a couple of months ago and they, they, they were saying that they've been putting in a, roughly a pool a week over the last couple of years. So it's definitely taken off. I think COVID's probably helped that. Yeah. You know, it was a whole, you know, in the entire swimming pool industry. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that they're a, a very big advantage if you are, if you are space limited and if, you, if there's no way again an excavator in there a way of getting, um, you know, any form of heavy machinery to dig things out. So yeah. they definitely got their place in the market. I had a, uh, a customer ask me for advice on putting a pool in because they'd been to a few display centres and mm-hmm. they'd been told it's no problem, we just get a bobcat in there or a, a, a skid steer in there and dig the hole and everything's good. And when mm-hmm. I went out there, I saw that they had... About an eight hundred mil wide, millimeter wide. That's just under three foot wide, access way, and the access was up an outdoor staircase of about forty five degrees, so very steep. Then this was a limestone site, solid limestone underground, and behind mm. that there was a retaining wall made of limestone blocks. Uh, it was in Fremantle, so over a hundred years ago, most likely. And it was several metres. Uh, I think it was about five metres. That would be somewhere around approaching 20 feet high. And it was yep. starting to crack and crumble. And they'd been told, standard bobcat dig. When it came to it, though, they would have been, after the contract was signed, they would have been hit with so many extras. And a rock breaker to get through that limestone would have brought that mm. retaining wall down. So that's one where I said, seriously, look at these container pools yes. because they wouldn't need to do anything, any site works, other than just put some, uh, put a bit of concrete down. Concrete pad, basically. A level, uh, level pad. Mm, yeah. Uh, the big selling point with these pools as well is if you are moving properties, you can literally just put this one on the back of a truck again and take it mm. with you if you wanted to. So 
I think that's a good selling point for a lot of people as well. Mm, could well be. Mm. That's an interesting one I hadn't actually thought of. And I think they look a bit better than the above-ground pools, the traditional above-ground pools as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also prefer the fact they've got a fibreglass shell in them, which I much yeah. prefer over an above-ground vinyl mm. uh, uh, liner in a pool. Yep. But oh, that man. opens a yeah, whole can of worms. What's that, sorry? That opens a whole can of worms. Me saying I prefer fibreglass over vinyl. Uh, <laughs> wait for the comments. <laughs> How is the um, the vinyl industry in, in Western Australia? It's a small uh, part of the industry. We uh, Yes, we do have some vinyl pools. I think from memory it's about 4 or 5% of the pools my company works on have vinyl liners. Right. Um, a fair few concrete. Uh, probably I'd say about, at a guess, 35 40% concrete. Yeah, uh, some of which are from the you know back from the sixties and seventies. Some are brand new, uh, and a lot of fiberglass. Again, it's back from probably back to the eighties, I would say. Uh, but a lot of them have been resurfaced. Uh, a lot of them need to be resurfaced. There's just no gel coat left on them. So uh, such is the such is life with older pools. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing how long the um even the old ones last you know their their lifespan is it's pretty amazing i've been to quite a few which have been about 35 40 years old you know the old style fiberglass they're worn down pretty pretty badly so that only you know wafer thin now but yeah they they Mm. were definitely built to last in the day yeah but and i mean my background is in fiberglass pool manufacturer uh, manufacturer i grew up and my father had a fiberglass pool company so mm-hmm. uh the day after i left primary school i was 12 years old i started working weekends going into the factory and starting off yeah. with you know the normal stuff you do for a family business sweeping the floors and vacuuming the pools and work my way up over too many years it's amazing to see how the technology in fiberglass has improved the resins we no longer get the problems of blistering of uh, black spot or black spot or cobalt staining Uh, and of course the the range of colors and finishes uh, Mm. is vastly expanded from what it used to be yeah so you'd find the same in new zealand as well with all the shimmer finishes and uh yeah I know some of the Australian manufacturers export to New Zealand and uh, it's no longer just the pale blue fiberglass pool shell. No, definitely not, no. No, you mm. can get pretty much anything. It's good. It, it, something I wanted to ask in, in regards to um, all the different presenters on talking mm. pools, do they have their own specific areas that they only focus on or is it a bit of... You know, you can talk about this, you can talk about that. It doesn't really matter too much. There, There is a bit of vari- variance that I see. They don't just talk about, you know, it isn't this person only talks chemistry, that person only talks pool building. There is a bit of um, uh, discussion within the topics. Yes. And I think that's good because, because a, a pool builder will have a very different view on a type <laughs> of pool to a service mm. technician. So yes. I think that's a... Positive. Well, that was a good overview of a couple of differences and similarities between our two markets. It has been an absolute pleasure to have a chat today with you. And I look forward to doing this more and more into the future. 
You have a fantastic week ahead. Uru, as we say here. Thank you very much, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Um, great to meet you and talk to you um, today. And uh, yeah, look forward to doing some more. You bet. Thank you. Alrighty. Just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 